You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Wouldn't it be great to shop online without worrying about the way something fits or if you got the right size? If you haven't heard of Smithery Style yet, you're going to want to. They're an online shop who has made many appearances at Mom Halo events in the past. They not only sell gorgeous pieces that they like to refer to as elevated basics, but their mission is to have women across the country feel confident in their day-to-day from the moment you step in front of your closet to get dressed in the morning. How do they do that? By helping you figure out your body shape, giving style tips for those shapes, figuring out your wow colors, modeling the clothes on real women, and curating collections each season of the best pieces for all different body shapes. Watch their daily try-ons over at Instagram, Smithery Style, or head to their website to figure out your shape now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mom Halo Podcast. I'm your host, Alana Kapitz. I'm very excited to welcome Jessica Hamilton. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome, Jessica. Well, I uh, am a fan and a follower, so I'd love for you to share with our listeners who you are and what you do. Go ahead, please. Okay. So uh, I'm an author. I am a thriller writer, in, um, and I live uh, about an hour north of Toronto um, in uh, a community of uh, around 37,000 people. Uh, I'm married, and I have a 16-year-old boy and a, and a 14-year-old daughter. I love that. So walk us. Mm-hmm. So you're a mom of some teens and you, mm-hmm. as you said, you moved out of the city uh, and you do three mm-hmm. still th- thrill writing. That's a very interesting career. Tell us how you, um, I know you have uh, your books, which is what you never knew and you're writing mm-hmm. one uh, coming out this spring. Mm-hmm. How did you get into, into, into being a novelist? Uh, well, I always wrote since I was young. I, at about the age of eight, as soon as I could, you know, put a story together, I, I was writing. And um, I had breaks, uh, you know, through my twenties and when I was at university. Uh, and I'd pick it up again, and then uh, I would do things like enter short story contests and things like that, which I sometimes I'd win. Uh, and I just always loved it. I always loved writing, and I always loved reading. And oftentimes my writing was influenced by my reading and uh I went through a phase reading YA novels you know Hunger Games and um that sort of thing and so I tried my hand at writing a YA novel just because I I really was enjoying the genre and uh with that novel I I got an agent um and uh we tried our best it was about five years of of doing our best I did about you know 11 revisions of that particular novel and uh it just nobody wanted it in the end uh it, it no one picked it up so that was pretty you know disappointing and depressing so to cheer myself up I wrote another book and uh, I had just read Girl on the Train which 
I thought was, I, I, I didn't read mystery or, or thriller usually as a genre when I was younger. And um, so Girl on the Train was the first uh, novel in that genre that I'd ever, I'd ever read. And I was really impressed with how it was so fast paced. And the, but you could also have really well-developed characters and it could be literary at the same time as being sort of more commercial. So I, I just got hooked on that genre. And, and I was like, that was when I was about 30, no, for, probably 40 in my forties by the end of my early forties, I'm 47 now. Um, and so of course, because I was loving the genre, I decided to try writing one of those. So I, uh, I wrote, a, a thriller novel and um the agent that I had at the time just didn't uh wasn't quite as taken with it as as I would have liked and and it was really very it was a very female f- um focused novel you know like I felt like women would get it maybe more than men and my agent was male at the time so uh we had a very amicable break and uh I went looking for another agent and uh, I, I found one, Carolyn Ford, who's with Transatlantic, and she's wonderful. And I submitted that novel, and she, you know, within 24 hours, more or less, I had myself a new agent, which was really, really exciting, because that can be quite a struggle. Um, and again, I did some revision, and then she submitted that uh, to publishers. Nobody wanted that, uh, which, again, was really disappointing and depressing. So I wrote another novel and another thriller novel because I do enjoy writing them that seems to be what uh I I just find the most fun and um that was what you never knew and fortunately that did get picked up and that debuted in April uh 2021 and uh and then uh I went back to the original thriller and I did some more revision and then uh fortunately my current publisher the one who published what you never knew they wanted to publish Don't You Dare, and uh, so that one's coming out in May. So, you know, I, it some it felt like all of that work for the first thriller novel was a waste, but it actually wasn't at all. It turned out it turned out good in the end, and maybe it needed it just needed extra work, you know. So, while we're talking about your career, and I believe what I understand because we've had a few authors on the podcast before, and maybe you can help me understand this is like this process you go through where you're. You're birthing a book baby. You're birthing a book baby. You shop it. It doesn't get picked up and you do it again. And you keep having these sort of disappointments and these huge investments of your time, heart, craft. How yeah. do you just pick yourself up, Jessica, and, and, and keep writing? Or how do you, how do you persevere? Like what's in you? What, give us the special sauce. Uh, you know, it can be sort of a combination of things. I just, for me, it, it was just a dream since I was, I was a kid. I just always, you know, I used to say I was going to be a writer in New York and never get married or have kids, you know, cause I wanted to focus on my career <laughs> as a writer, but, and then, you know, I grew up a bit and I did want kids and I did want to, to get married and, um, and stay in Canada where I, I'm from. So, uh, but then it just never went away. It, there's just that, always that drive. And, um, once I started doing it and once I, you know, if you get even just a little bit of recognition and a little bit of success, it feels so within your reach some days, other days it feels so far out of your reach. Um, But on the days where it's within your reach, it just, that's what kind of keeps you going, I think. And, um, you know, I had a moment uh, where after the YA novel didn't get picked up and I had a moment, it was quite profound for me with my daughter. We were um, on vacation in Florida 
and we were walking on the beach as, and you know, you leave footprints as you walk. And my daughter was uh, about nine at the time, I believe eight or nine. And uh, she said, look, mommy, I'm walking in your footsteps. And, you know, it, I just, for a moment I had, oh, don't, don't walk in my footsteps. I haven't, I haven't done anything yet. You know, I felt like I, I hadn't accomplished it. And I thought I want more for you. And then I thought after that's an awful thing to think about yourself. And, you know, so just keep working at it. Don't give up on writing just because you haven't, you tried one book and it didn't get picked up. Like just don't stop. And even if you never get published, at least she'll see that I never gave up on something that I loved that much. So, you know, like moments like that, I think are what kept me going. I love that. So you have this aha moment with your daughter where you realize like, you know, you're more than just this book, right? Like you've accomplished Mm -hmm. a tremendous amount of your life. And then the book gets picked up. Walk us through that excitement. Was it exhilarating? Were you flipping out? Like how did, how did it come to pass? Just walk us through the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, the unfortunate thing is it's such a, it's not like, you know, you envision it being that the moment you get the phone call and, but it's, it actually becomes quite a long drawn out process. So the editor wants to speak to you that's interested in the, in the novel. And so, you know, you have your hopes up, but there's no guarantee there. You speak to the editor on the phone and then, you know, you speak to your agent about it. And then they say, okay, well, uh, they want to offer this, but we're going to go back with this. And then, you know, by the time you are told like, okay, it's a deal, you, you know, your book's going to be published. It's the, you know, it's been a bit drawn out. So the excitement's not quite there, but um, the moment I sort of, the moment it really affected me uh, was when I saw on social media, when I saw my agent, my agency would um, publish, you know, book deals, uh, whatever deals their author had gotten. And um, my deal had been in place for about a month, but uh, and then the agency published it when it was going public. And when I saw that I got, I was really, really emotional because I just remembered you know, uh, seeing other authors have those posts made and, and, um, just thinking, how are they doing that? How can, you know, I just, I just want that. I want that. And, um, so when that happened, it, it felt real to me and it was, it was, uh, yeah, like I cried. I, you know, and the first time I held my book, I cried. Um, so you have these little, little milestone moments, um, along the way. Yeah. That's, it's pretty great. Well, congratulations. What an accomplishment. So so, so let's talk a bit about your book and we talk about sort of the feminine and the having a female, um, um, agent and that you wrote, you know, your YA novels and you have a daughter and obviously your motherhood or your parenthood and your identity inform some of these things. So walk us through the book that we talked a bit about, about, um, the, the femininity around it. Just tell mm-hmm. us, tell us what you can share about that. Okay, so with with the novel Don't You Dare, which comes out uh, May 16th this year, uh, which was my first thriller novel, I was at a place in life where I did feel like a lot of my identity had been sacrificed for being a mother. I was, um, my husband and I own income properties, and so I was managing those, and it wasn't, it's, you know, not necessarily the career I would have chosen for myself. My husband is very driven in it, but it's not my dream. So I sort of felt like I was just doing something that wasn't uh, necessarily feeding my creativity or, um, and I just, yeah, I felt like I'd lost a bit of myself and, you know, 
when, when that happens, I think that, you know, your marriage can suffer because of it. Um, you know, and, um, so I turned that into a story about a woman who uh, is 36 and she has two daughters and she uh, is not feeling very uh, happy in her life um, and her marriage is not going very well. And this man reappears uh, from her past. Uh, this uh, His name is Thomas and uh, the, the protagonist, Hannah and Thomas and another friend, Scarlett, they have this relationship at college where... Um, they used to play this game, the daring game, where they'd give each other dares, and um, and then things went went wrong in college, and they separated because of that. Anyway, and she had loved him back then, and he reappears with the um, invitation to start the game again with with Hannah, and um, and of course it turns into you know an illicit affair because she's looking for escape and she's looking for you know, validation of her, uh, you know, in, in all the wrong places. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think it's something that when you, when you read it, I think women can relate to that stage in life. And I moved out of it and, uh, I'm glad I just, you know, I persevered and didn't go looking for, you know, a, you know, distraction somewhere else because, you know, you, you move out of that stage eventually, but, um, so I just, yeah, that's what the book's about. And I think, I think women can relate to it. Most women. Now, a word from our mom, Halo, podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Leanne Kim is my go-to resource when it comes to anything starting or growing a successful side hustle or business. She was my business coach for years and has helped tons of the moms in my community build profitable businesses. Leanne knows marketing and sales so well, and she's helping women just like you change their world with their products and services. Leanne has a program starting as low as $59 a month, which makes her the best investment for new business owners looking to take their dream to the next level. No, for sure. That's, it sounds thrilling. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, that's amazing. So, um, when you, when you write about your female characters and you're drawing on your life experience in motherhood, um, why do you think women feel so, you know, the, the nuance there and that you can sort of pull on, like, what is it about motherhood that makes people feel trapped? Well, I just, I mean, you, it, you, the love that you have for your kids is, you know, it's, it's amazing, but it can be suffocating in the way that, you know, you're not going to escape it. You can't turn it off or, you know, and then turn it back on again. It's there. And, um, this need to put your kids first, which is just, you know, it's a biological way that we're comprised, you know, for like most, most moms are, um, you, uh, yeah, you, you can't, you can't stop that feeling of, of, worrying protecting taking care of putting them first and so um the independent individual part of you i think can can resent that a little bit but you can't you can't stop doing it so you're it is kind of feeling trapped sometimes um and then feeling horrible and guilty and and you know because you you wouldn't change it you wouldn't change having your kids but you you just i think i just had moments where i just wish sometimes i could just turn it off turn off worrying and caring so much and loving so much just for a little bit of a break, but you can't. So. Yeah. I think that, that 
I don't know, when I now picture Hannah, this like protagonist who can't turn it off. Um, and that's so relatable, right? Like that is unbelievably relatable. So I love that so mm-hmm. much. Um, so, so what's next for you? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm the, my first novel comes out in paperback in March, which is exciting. So, you know, I'm sort of promoting that one as well. And that also deals with motherhood, but uh, a different perspective. The protagonist is, it's a lot about her relationship with her mother. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's coming out in paperback in March. And then I've started a third novel. So I just sort of keep um, keep plugging away at that and hopefully that will get picked up when I'm done. And then, um, when don't you dare comes out in May, there's a lot of, of promoting that. So yeah, I've got that to look forward to. Awesome. So let's go back then to your first novel. Can you tell me a little bit more about the, the story, the, the inspiration and the creation of that protagonist and her relationship? You said about her mom. I I just read about it briefly. Walk Uh us through it. Um, so yeah, so what you never knew, it's, uh, about two sisters, May and June, and the novel opens with the older sister May, uh, at the lawyer's office and their mother has just recently passed away and, uh, they believed everything had been dispersed before she passed away from cancer. And so the older sister May is surprised to be at the lawyer's office, learning that there's one more thing that's been willed just to her. And that is an island um, with a cottage on it. It was their family cottage. And um, both May and June believed that their mother had sold it. That's what she told them, that she'd sold it years ago. Um, Because one summer, uh, when uh, the other main protagonist, June, when she was just 13, her father just disappeared. Her mother said he left them. And so they left the island and left the cottage and never went back. And then she said she sold it, but then she died. And May finds out that actually she didn't sell it and it's being left to her. Well, on the way home from the lawyer's office, May gets in a car accident and she dies. And that's what, so her character through the novel is still present, but as a ghost narrator. Um, and then June, the younger sister, is left now without any family that she knows of. Her sister has died, her mother's died, her father has been gone for years. And uh, she returns to the island to um, reclaim it and, and to to sort of try to figure out why her mother lied about selling it. And then when she gets there, she starts to learn that, that, you know, her idyllic summers there that she just loved so much. There's actually some sinister things happening behind the scenes, you know, her mother having an affair. And um, then she finds out that people in the community think that her father may have been, there may have been foul play involved rather than her father just uh, walking away in the night. And she, um, she can so she has to confront a lot about her past and and her mother and and there's a lot about the relationship her mother's essentially a narcissist and um you know she has to come to terms with that and sort of and also mourning the loss of her sister who she was very very close to and um so the inspiration for that there were a few things it was you know my I have an older sister who I'm I'm very close with uh and um, I just one day had this strange thought that of if I if I carelessly did something and died, she would be so mad at me. And uh, for some reason, that stuck in my head, and it sort of these sisters developed. And then the relationship with the mother I was going through at the time that I was writing it, an estrangement from my own mother, 
Um, and we had a family cottage that I had spent every summer at uh, growing up. And then I got married there. Uh, and then my kids were going there and we, you know, they were experiencing the same wonderful things I had. I spent lots of time there with my grandmother. It was just a really, really special place for me. And, um, because of the estrangement from my mother, she sold the cottage. And so that was a really big loss for me and my family. And, uh, as a way to sort of work through it and cope, I, used the novel to write all the visceral details of my family cottage in there uh just like almost like a time capsule that I could refer to just so I wouldn't forget all like the smell the sounds the feeling um so I I and then I also you know like the like I said the motherhood thing my own mother I worked through some of the feelings I had around that and um and I mean this the story is not the same by any means, but there are just parts of it that helped me. It was therapeutic for me to go and write things out in in some ways. Yeah. I love it. So it is fiction obviously, but it draws on some, some actual moments in your life and how, how, how awesome is that, right? That you get to do that in that way. So um, Mm. this cottage sounds amazing. And I know like as Canadians who have like a strong cottage culture, I understand like that would be devastating too. Yeah. Have that yeah. happen. And so. um yeah, and the novel like my cottage was uh, in Muskoka. And uh so that's what I how I wrote it. But because my publisher is American, I had to set it in Vermont on Lake Champlain. But I like to tell Canadian listeners that it's actually Muskoka. I just wasn't allowed to keep it keep it in Canada. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um so if we have any aspiring authors listening. Um, and their moms, and they're thinking about penning something, or they've penned it, or they're not necessarily professional authors, or maybe they are. What's what's the big big piece of advice you want them to take away from from listening today? Well, I mean, obviously, what worked for me was just not giving up despite a lot of disappointment. Um, and I, I I read a lot. I also I was in a writing group for a long time. I I I believe strongly in uh, hearing critique with your writing because you're not going to get better unless you do. So find a group to, and again, find a group whose writing you admire if you can and and get their feedback or take courses. You know, the Humber School for Writers is a great resource uh, for aspiring authors. George Brown also has some great courses or they, they did at one point. Um, and don't give up. And also don't, you know, don't expect things to happen overnight. It's rare. And, um, you know, I, with my kids being young, I, I wrote when I could at night, uh, when they were napping and really nothing happened for me until they were older and I was in my forties, but I still use the time when they were young and still, uh, kept at it. And it was just slower. Um, and I just, I really think you have to trust in in the process of it and be- just keep believing that it can happen if, if, if you know, you work at it. Share with me, how many, how many pages is the book? Uh, which one? Uh, the, uh, the first one, for instance. What's, what's like a... Um, I actually have no idea. It's, <laughs> uh, oh, it's 294 pages. Okay. And how long does yeah. something like that take to write? Well, it depends. Uh, what you never knew, my first, my debut was it came really quickly. I wrote it in about six months. I think because I was going through things and it was, uh, I just went to it so often as therapy. Um, and don't you dare, it was pretty quick too. Uh, but then 
the amount of revision I've done on it, uh, I would, you know, it's been, so don't you dare has been years in the making essentially. Um, but what you never knew by the t- first draft to book deal was, uh, just around a year. That's awesome. I love that mm-hmm. so much. Um, so, so, um, is there anything else you want your, our listeners to hear today before we conclude? No, I think, I think I've covered it. I, yeah, just again, like I said, just, just keep, keep going with, with something you're, you know, you, you want to do and, and don't always think about the outcome, you know, uh, do it cause you love doing it, which is also one of the reasons I kept writing. I just don't know how to do anything else. It's my happy place to be writing. So if you have something like that, that you love, you know, it could eventually turn into a career or it could just be something that is your escape, um, from, from things, you know? I love that so much. So the book, the second book, Don't You Dare, drops uh, May 16th, you said? That's right. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. So a great summer read, I'm going to say, probably, Yeah. Um, for yeah. those of us interested. And if people want to find you or more about you, where can people find you? Where are your coordinates, please? Uh, well, I'm I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm on Twitter, too, but I actually am just about to get off. I've, I've kind of had enough of Twitter. Um uh, so Instagram, just search Jessica Hamilton and I come up Jessica Hamilton writes and on Facebook. Uh, and, um, and then my webpage is jessicahamilton.org. Well, it was super nice having a chance to get to know you a bit better. Go check yeah. out Jessica Hamilton online. And if you were looking back forward to obviously uh, your book dropping and the sort of you know, labor of love that you've been working on for some time. And if you haven't yet picked up what you never knew, sounds thrilling, quite literally. Um, so thank you for walking us through sort of your, uh, your book cover, uh, you know, sort of the inlet of what, of what those sort of snippets of t- stories are. They sound really thrilling. And um, we look forward to, to seeing you again soon. So thank you to our listeners. Thank and thank you, Jessica. Thanks for having one. me. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Cookies and Cribs Sleep Consulting helps parents like yourself teach healthy, independent sleep habits from the age of newborn to five years old. Alana Ozeal will teach your little one to sleep through the night, give you and your partner your nights together, and that little break that we all need at the end of the day. Cookies and Cribs will create a personalized sleep plan for your little one to give you the confidence and support each day working together. Book your free consultation today on the website and receive 10% off your services.